Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America here with the Medical Report. And today I'm bringing you an investigative journalist and also another media personality, James Grundvig, who is going to talk with me about what is going on behind the scenes with the corruption at the CDC. Now, I've seen a lot of this off and on over my 40-year career in medicine, but there is, there's a bigger story here that connects the dots between the same people who failed at science with Agent Orange and the dioxin toxicity and participated in the cover-up of the autism link in traditional vaccines and have had a hand in the cover-up of the damages and deaths with the COVID shots. This is CDC corruption in orders of magnitude worse than what I had already been aware of as a physician. And our investigative journalist and truth teller on the truth warrior team, James Grunvig has quite an interesting perspective. And he pointed out as we were preparing to record this show today, that it was exactly 40 years ago in 2023, 40 years earlier, 1983 was when the Agent Orange study was launched by the U.S. federal government and funds granted to the CDC to begin that study. It was 40 years ago in 2023, 40 years earlier, when I started on the faculty in family medicine and internal medicine following my residency training. So for the entire 40 years I've been in medicine, I've been watching some of these toxicities unfold and wondering why we didn't have more reliable information from our federal agencies funded by the taxpayers to protect the public. So this is quite a story today. Why are the same people who failed at science in the Agent Orange dioxin toxicity, now in charge or have been in charge for the decades past 
of vaccine safety and developmental disorders at the CDC and had a hand in what's going on at the CDC in the cover of, of the damage from the COVID shots. So here to tell us that, that story and the author of a book on that story, which he'll tell us about, is James Grundvig. James, thank you for joining us on the Whistleblower Report today. Thank you, Dr. Lee. I'm glad, glad to be here. Uh, let me start with this real, real broad background. I, I was in construction management for 30 years. Now, why, why does this apply to my life as a uh, father of a vaccine injured kid and as an author and a journalist and so on and so forth? Well, I, I was on the paper side of construction management on projects of scale, billion dollar terminal at JFK airport, you know, a couple hundred million dollar high rise in downtown Manhattan, um, a new vertical campus in midtown Manhattan, things of that nature. And there's a, a lot of, I was involved in change management, which required me to learn how to uh, read specifications, uh, go into meetings, uh, discuss changes to project, negotiate, interview people, so on and so forth, and eventually write up claims and write up technical reports and things of that nature, and then edit them. So that same process actually applied to me when I began as a writer in 2005 for the Epoch Times. Now, how did I get to the Epoch Times during my construction career? Well, that was interesting. In 2000, my, my son, my only child, uh, Frederick, was born in March, of course, uh, 23 years ago. And he got the full complement of childhood vaccines, meaning he got the thimerosal that was eventually taken out in 2003. He got that full complement. He got the full complement of aluminum. And eventually what we started to notice is parents, the kid who met every milestone through the first 18 months or 20 months of his life, at two and a half years, it began to tail off. And by three, he had regressed into autism to where he was diagnosed in 2003 as a regressive form of autism, you know, NOS, right? Not, not otherwise specified. And then I asked the question, how does a kid had no birth defects, no mental issues, no, he, he, he loved drawing every day. He, you know, he loved words. He's interested in things. He's outgoing, smiling, happy, full of energy. How does that you go from that to being lying down for 20 minutes at a time, knowing something's wrong with his body. His eyes are wide open, frozen in the ground, and he doesn't move his body, sucking his, suck his thumb. And this, this would begin happening. And his, his mother uh, you know, was a nurse for 37 years at, at a big hospital up, up in New York City. So she and I began to wonder what the heck's going on with our son, right? And eventually, we would learn about the vaccine issue. And I would reach out to, uh, to an autism group that had just started, one of the first in the early 2000s. And in fact, there was a mother named uh, Kim Mac Rosenberg, who's a lawyer, who's also mother of, a, of her son, Henry, who was vaccine injured like Frederick, but was maybe a few months older. And we met and we got, went over to our house. They were in the same Upper East Side neighborhood of Manhattan. We got to learn about it. And then I realized it was an opportunity to file with vaccine court. So I did. So, so I, I, I was actually, because vaccine court in the United States is a, is a three-year window. It makes it completely impossible. People don't know about it. Pediatricians certainly don't know about it. And so you have to do this research, you know, and I got them into vaccine court, but eventually in 2011, that would be kicked out. All my sons and all other 5,400 cases are kicked out of vaccine court 
during the autism omnibus proceedings. Now, why, why did the government do that? Because they knew millions of more vaccinated autistic come, kids were coming on horizon. They, they knew this. They knew this because they created the autism epidemic out of thin air. You know, autism used to be one in 10,000 uh, back in the 1960s and 70s. And, and as the vaccines crept up, it would eventually go one in 2,000. And then by the time uh, 2000 came around, it was one in 1,000 and eventually one in 88 by 2014. Today, it's like something like one in 35 or one in 20. It, it depends on uh, where in the country and what subgroup of Somali kids are like boys in particular, one in 20, which is insane. It's, that's, that is an incredible number. And those numbers are continuing to rise. And those are from all the vaccines that are pre-COVID bioweapon shots. So Lee, it was, a, it was a fascinating journey, but I will give a, a shout out to Bobby Kennedy Jr. for writing his Rolling Stone magazine article in 2005 on mercury, because that, that actually got me going in, into really doing some of the, the heavy research. You know, he has done an amazing job with children's health defense for decades against the onslaught of lies and deception and and demonization of his work. Um, mm -hmm. uh, RFK Jr. has really been a powerhouse in this field. I don't know him personally, but I just so admire all that he's done. And, and actually, I've seen this in my medical career because autism was almost unheard of at the time that I was I, I went into, I started medical school in 75, graduated in a, an accelerated curriculum in three years, and then did my specialty training and completed that at the end of 1982. And during part of my specialty training, there was actually a rotation in child psychiatry and autism was considered extremely rare at it that was. time. It absolutely and, was. and it was, and, and it's also interesting parallel medically that it was in 1986 that the pharmaceutical companies essentially engaged in extortion against President Reagan and said, if you veto this indemnity bill, then we'll stop making all vaccines. And Reagan, unfortunately, was backed into a corner to sign the immunity, full immunity for the vaccine manufacturers in 1986. Yeah, they got, and, they got immunity, but not the kids. <laughs> Think about that, right? The, the vaccine makers, Dr. Lee, got, got the immunity, but not the children. Exactly mental. right. That is the tragedy. And, and but the, the point I was making was that 83, look at when things were happening to increase the childhood vaccines and some of the same players at the CDC in charge of that program, as well as the Agent Orange program you're going to talk about, that study. And then look at the immunity that was granted in 1986 and when the damage to children started skyrocketing. Yeah, incredible. it was after that. Yeah. It was and they just that. kept adding more and more vaccines to the childhood immunization schedule because as soon as it was any vaccine is put on the childhood immunization schedule, 
all of the manufacturers have full immunity from any damages. Dad, it was stunning, to be honest with you. Yeah, I would learn all about that. I would learn about Andy Wakefield uh, after Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I would learn about, you know, living in New York City, I met a lot of uh, parents who had vaccinated their kids and a lot of them were, were writing articles and doing things or part of, you know, early autism one uh, conferences and, and carrying the coal mine things and all sorts of stuff. And it was interesting. Eventually I became friends with Tony Lyons. And Tony Lyons is the founder, president, and CEO. He's a, the publisher of, of Robert F. Kennedy's books, most autism books, because he himself has a vaccine injured daughter. That's my son's age. So Tony and I became friends and eventually yeah, after the, uh, the the Bill Thompson whistleblower tapes came out in 2014, that that eventually uh, became the the foundation for the movie Vaxed. Tony says, "Well, you know, there's there's Paul Thorson. Paul Thorson is the Danish scientist, the foreign scientist who who was working at the CDC in 2000 in Atlanta. Paul Thorson was the domestic fraud of the vac- vaccine." Uh, uh, you know, studies that were meant to erase any connection between vaccines and autism. And they use a Danish health registry. So Tony Lyons is James, you know, I'm the first generation Norwegian. I go, yeah, Tony, I know a lot about Denmark and about the culture. Yeah, I'm definitely the guy to write the book. And so the book was called Master Manipulator. Now, Paul Thorson isn't the only manipulator. There is, he wasn't even a, a traditional employee at the CDC. He was just a foreign visiting scientists, but the CDC ended up paying his university or even his organization at Aarhus University in Denmark to do these studies. And when, and when signals came back, they basically, Colleen Boyle, and we'll, we'll get into Colleen Boyle in a minute, she, she's the Agent Orange principal investigator from the 1980s. How, how the heck is she still at the CDC in the early 2000s beyond me? But but it was interesting that she she basically said no no through emails you you've got to you know you got to do something about the signal you know you got this data you know whatever so they're like actually manipulating the parameters of a study in during the actual studies this is you know this is akin to what they've been doing to cl- all the clinical trials we know now from far, from uh, Pfizer in particular are fraud fraudulent they didn't even do the right study for COVID right so we've seen this this repeat pattern. Over and over again, they go through these multi-million dollar studies. They spend all kinds of money, and they eventually, at the end, massage manipulate the numbers in in which they can then go sell a lie. This is how they've been operating. So we're paying. They did the same thing with remdesivir. They changed the parameters during the study. Yes, thank you. And Agent Orange was even more startling. Now, why is Agent Orange even more startling? Because because Congress. They had so much heat from all, all the Vietnam vets who are dying of 38 different kinds of acute cancers and other, other bizarre diseases that are you know, just not, not in everyday life in America. Well, it comes from one place, right? Being doused and sprayed uh, with Operation Ranch Hand and everything else, and the handling of, of Asian words over Vietnam. And that's dioxin, right? Dioxin is the, the main ingredient. Now, what, what's interesting, though, is Congress gave the CDC of all people, not a third party, it gave the CDC, so I guess they could control the end result, right? Well, this is how they control the end result of the Agent Orange studies. Congress gave the CDC $71 million, which in 1980s, 40 years ago, is a lot of money. A lot of money. They gave them six years, and you have a four-part study, and they four years deep into it by 1987, 
they suddenly pull the plug on a study. Now, why would they pull the plug in a study? They left two years on a study and they left 20 million on the table, meaning they consumed 51 million out of the 20 million. But what government agency in the world ever leaves, a, you know, we're not going to spend the rest of this budget. It actually, and we're not going to fulfill our tasks. Now, why? Why did that happen? Well, when you dive deep into it, Thank God for six uh, U.S. senators in the 102nd Congress in 1990, they wrote up uh, a 40-some page report, and they descended against the rest of, uh, of the Congress. They descended against everybody saying, you know, this is Agent Orange cover-up, and they go into it. They mentioned Colleen Boyle's name as principal investigator. They mentioned the vaccine safety guru, uh, Frank Stefano, who's been the vac vaccine safety guy at CDC for 25 years. I mean, it's just ridiculous that these people would be fired they wouldn't even have a job in the industry they worked in had they worked in the real private sector, but that's not the case, right? They, they, can, they, just, they, they get reprimanded or pat in the back and they're, they're sent to a new position, new part of the CDC, and they continue to work for them. This is how they've been rolling. And so it, it's really incredible. But for Frank Stefano's case, and I said this on my show, so I'll say it here, he is a vaccine-injured uh, adult, his son is vaccine injured. His son's probably 30 years old now, maybe a little bit older. But that's a, that's a fact. And, he, and so, if Frank, you, you know your son's vaccine injured, and yet you, you went along with a lie for how many years? 30 years. It's just, it's just mind-boggling that the, these scientists are so gaslit or, or controlled or, I don't know, leveraged, whatever the word is, that they, uh, that they throw their own children under the bus. It's just disgusting to me. It, re it really is. But the, so how did, the, how did the CDC get out of it? Well, the U.S. aren't, you know, because what the CDC was claiming, like, well, we don't have any troop movements in the ground that matches up with the flight movements in the air to prove that agent orders were sprayed on their troops. <laughs> well, well, some colonel <laughs> decided to do some deep investigating and actually found all the, all, all the troop movements in the ground for the U.S. Army up in the, up in the warehouse in Harris. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and they were going to drive, drive uh, Colleen and Frank Stefan up there. And suddenly, a week later, the entire study was pulled. Why? Because so, the evidence would have been so overwhelming that it would have been clear the government was completely culpable in all, all of the Vietnam vets' injuries for years. And Colleen Boyle even had the nerve to write in 2013 or 14 some follow-up study to Agent Orange pretending she doesn't know what's going on. It's just, again, it's mind-boggling. It really is. I simply don't see how these people can go to sleep at night, how they can live with themselves with such massive lies causing such horrific health problems and death. I mean, those the Vietnam vets, I, I actually saw many in my practice in the years that I was in practice in the greater Hampton Roads, Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia Beach, Chesapeake, Portsmouth have had a very high military presence and they weren't always getting answers in military medicine. And so many of them sought private care in the civilian medical community. And we didn't know a lot about dioxin at that time. We didn't know a lot about the damage and how to treat it. It was, it, I mean, we were really doing the best we could with the information we had. And now I understand why we didn't have a lot of the information because of the massive cover-up. But it's just staggering the, the suffering 
that has been unleashed on humanity in all of these things you just mentioned, the Agent Orange dioxin cover-up, the, the vaccine autism brain damage cover-up, mm-hmm. the COVID shot deaths. I mean, normalizing sudden death? Are you kidding? What in the world are people thinking of that they can somehow say, oh, it's normal for children to have strokes. It's normal for children to have heart attacks and myocarditis. It's normal for people, healthy young adults, to drop dead or die in their sleep with no medical history. It's, it's truly staggering. It is. And it's uh, grotesque, I think, is a word I would add to it. You know, yes. It, you know, when, I, when you, you, you're, you're put on earth to live your life and learn and everything else and be spiritually grounded and then uh, create the next generation. And when the next generation, innocent children, babies, in fact, are damaged and knowingly damaged, you know, there has to be a way to correct this. And it's not just my son's not the only victim. So when I published the, through Tony Lyons, the Skyhorse, when I published the book, uh, Mass Manipulator, you know, the betrayal of CDC and, and government embezzlement and so on and so forth, whatever the subtitle is. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. wrote the forward to the book, by the way. Uh, I, I dedicated the book to my son and his million brothers and sisters, but I, I'm going to say there's probably two million brothers and sisters of my son. There's probably two million kids that are on the spectrum today. And that doesn't include all the autoimmune diseases, right? And all of the ADHD and ADD. And so there is at least 10 million children, if not more, 20 million that are completely vaccine injured. And Bobby Kenny thinks the number could be as high as 54% because he has six, six sons and he's three of them are, are peanut allergic. One has some other issues. So they're vaccine injured. So this has been a long journey for all of us. Well, it really has. And, and in some respects, as a physician who focused on adult medicine and was not treating children, I, I didn't realize the enormity of the vaccine complications that were skyrocketing in children because I didn't have a pediatric practice. But what I can't understand now, looking back on it and looking back at the three years of COVID and then the massive push for vaccinated children with these experimental COVID shots that aren't even the traditional methodology, they are a totally new platform, not tested in children. What are pediatricians thinking of when they are pushing this new technology on children who still have developing brains and developing endocrine organs and developing immune systems? I mean, it's just... And and lungs. You know, it was funny when I took my son, Frederick, at nine months old, we had a swimming pool in one of the apartments we lived in. I want to take my son swimming. And so, so, so his doctor, Peter said, yeah, no problem, but don't dunk. Was it why, not, why, why shouldn't I dunk my son? I wasn't going to do it anyways. Of course, not at nine months old, but he says that the, the, the child's lungs develop from birth. It takes three years to fully develop. So, so dunking a, a child underwater, I'm not talking about baptism. I'm talking about in the pool of chlorine and things of that nature in the ocean, very bad for them. So how does, how does a pediatrician give me, advice on one hand like that and then like oh it's okay to inject them with whatever whatever in these shots it's just it's just incredible really is and they are still recommending the covid shots for children 
I know. I mean, we run into, I run into it with patients, adult patients of mine who have sons and daughters with young children, and they're still pushing it. You still see it advertised on TV. Yeah. Tell us where, in, as we come up on the break for the first half, tell us where people can find more of your work, your book, and yeah. your own media outreach efforts. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Lee. Um, you can go to my name, James, last name, Grundvig, nice new age name. It's G-R-U-N-D, Grundvig, V-I-G. So jamesgrundvig.com. You find some of my writings in my three books. They're all on Amazon. You know, with the last name Grundvig, I can't hide digitally, so I'll say that much. I work, <laughs> I work at, a, you know, it's only, it's a 180-year-old name. It's a made-up name. So if you think of Smith and Jones, the United States being popular names, well, Hanson Olson in, in Norway were very, very popular <laughs> names. And both my mother's family and my father's family changed from Olson Hansen to, to their new names. Like, you know, they're like not 150 years old now. It's a pretty funny story. That is funny. And Vliet, my, my husband's family name, is yeah. actually Dutch uh, going back, you know, hundreds of years. But I'm told that Van Vliet were the, were the Dutch who came to the shores of America. And mm. then during the Revolutionary War, the Vliet's supported liberty and the Van Vliet's supported the Tories. And so the, the Vliet's dropped the van. <laughs> Interesting. That that also is an old name and difficult to spell, which is why I go by Dr. Lee for America. That is too funny. The other place people can find me is I work for American Media Periscope. So you go to AmericanMediaPeriscope.com or go to AMP, AMP, news.us to find us. And I'm the editor-in-chief at the AMP Journal there. And I'm also... Uh, had the number one show on the network of about 12 superstars. Uh, so I'm just very humble dad is all I'm going to say I am. Nothing more than that. It's not about, not about my ego. It's only about getting the truth out. On a show called Unrestricted Truths, which I had the pleasure, Dr. Lee, of interview a couple of times. I'm really glad to have these opportunities because every time I bring on a specialist like yourself, I personally learn a lot and I can share that information beyond the shows themselves. Well, and that is so critical because we're up against so much censorship. I've never seen anything like it in my lifetime. And my own ancestors from uh, the, the Welch side of the family, Welch and English and Scottish mm -hmm. side of the family, my ancestors came in 1608 escaping religious persecution in the UK. And so... I really feel strongly that this is literally in the DNA that has survived down through the years to fight for the liberty, the God-given gifts of life and liberty that were the founding principles of this country. I'm only alive today, James, because my ancestor who arrived at Jamestown Island in 1608 was one of only 50 people who survived the starving times in Jamestown, wow. mm -hmm. which was the first socialist experiment on the shores of the new world. And that was 1609 to 1611. Had he not survived, I wouldn't be alive. So I do think it's in my DNA and we fight for liberty every single day. This is Dr. Lee for America. We'll be back with the second half of the whistleblower report right here on America Out Loud Talk Radio, 12 noon and 12 midnight Eastern time, Monday through Friday. 
check out our website, truthforhealth.org. We are a 501c3 public charity human rights organization defending your life and your freedoms that are secured by law under the U.S. Constitution. Check out all the resources at truthforhealth.org. We will be right back. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Hello, everyone. This is Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, U.S. Army and legal grant recipient of the Truth for Health Foundation. I want to give a huge shout out to the Truth for Health Foundation for helping me and my family over the past year with our legal battles. Recently, I was court-martialed for not participating with these experimental COVID-19 emergency use authorized products. If it wasn't for Truth for Health Foundation and all the support, I would definitely be in a worse spot. But because of all the support, I'm able to continue uniform service, fighting for what's right to protect the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless America. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America here with an amazing American patriot, James Grundvig, who is the editor-in-chief of the journal and the host of Unrestricted Truths on American Media Periscope. That is also a 501c3 public charity focused on getting the truth out to the people, just as Truth For Health Foundation has been doing in the war on our lives, our freedom, and our ability to get medical truth as well as God's truth. So James, welcome back to the second half of the show. I'd like to hear more about the Colleen Boyle story and how this person who managed to participate in the cover-up of the dioxin Agent Orange disaster and devastating health damage to our 
Vietnam veterans, how that person manages to be in charge of vaccine safety at the CDC and also play a role in the COVID shots. And where is she now? So uh, I, I think the word is compliance or playing ball or following orders for why Colleen Boyle was able to work the CDC after the Agent Orange fiasco. And, and even after the U.S. Senate basically shredded her career in 1990. This is, you know, 1990 before the World Wide Web and the Internet and, and things. So she was, I guess, kind of lucky because she never got her, her, her name dragged through the mug, mud and, and by any alternate media or any, you know, media back then. She just basically was able to kind of vanish behind the scenes. So I think they get rewarded for, for, for pulling off such criminal behavior. And uh, let, me, let me back this up with what President Trump did, who, which well, he was a genius in, in, tw- in 2020. He created the White House Task Force. He didn't put one criminal and Anthony Fauci on the stage. He put two other criminals along with Anthony Fauci on the stage. He introduced us to three criminals, Deborah Burks, right? Dr. Robert Redfield, then the CDC director, and, and Anthony Fauci. Trump put these criminals next to him on the stage so American people get to know, know who they are over time. It was a genius move. Now, you'd have to go back and read a 1993 Hartford Current of all newspapers, detailed article, maybe 1,500 words that exposed Deborah Burks and Robert Redfield actually doing what? They were, they were trying, they forged, here we go again, they forged data, they manipulated data in order to get a, the third phase of clinical trial for an HIV slash AIDS vaccine back in 1992. And if it wasn't for two, two heroic U.S. Air Force colonels that, that came forward, it would have gone, they, would have, they would have been allowed to do it. But when these whistleblowers came out, the government had no choice but to basically pull the plug of the entire program. But, there go, but yet again, somehow, Burks went on to work with a little reprimand, you know, wrist slap, and so did Redfield. And they both could promote it. Eventually, Burks would work with Bill Gates, of all people, right? We know his role, multiple roles, in the, in the COVID vaccine virus psyop. And then, then, of course, Redfield would become the, the CDC director under Trump. But Trump was a genius for both appointing him as CDC director and putting him on the White House task force. America's got to know all, all of these players. Now, why do you say that that was a genius? Did you, are you well, saying that President Trump knew their oh, yeah. past behavior? Yeah, let me, let me take a step further. I'm going to say this, and I hope I don't offend anyone in your, your show, but Mike Pence... Uh, I know from a human trafficking survivor is, is, is a pedophile and a murderer. And I'll say that. Now, there, there's been other, there have been other uh, two or three other people out there saying exactly the same thing, right? And I, I had, had this human trafficking survivor on my show five times. I never heard a word boo from Mike Pence. So why do you think President Trump put the, uh, the, Christ, the Christian projector of Mike Pence as vice president next to him? Because he brings his enemies in closer. This is a standard tactic of Trump. He's not afraid to negotiate with any, anybody, including the devil. And it's very interesting. So he brought in people that I know he knew were bad news. He brought them in so the American people could actually get to learn who these people are and what their crimes are. And this is actually coming out now because Fauci right now in the past couple of weeks is in deep trouble. He's well, it's about time. I've watched him for my career, I, w- I was 
I was there when AIDS broke out, HIV yeah. AIDS. Yeah, and he and blocked, the, blocked the AIDS cocktail, right? That killed a few hundred thousand more. He delayed well, that. He, he, that only that, but he was blocking the use of Bactrim to treat pneumocystis pneumonia, which was what was really killing people. It was a pneumonia, bacterial pneumonia, that was killing the immune-compromised HIV patients. And Fauci blocked the use of that like he did hydroxychloroquine in COVID. Yeah, incredible, right? It, it's just made me apoplectic. That's why I came out swinging in March of 2020 on why doctors were being prevented from using hydroxychloroquine. And later we learned about ivermectin, but the early blockage was coming from the FDA, the CDC, Fauci, and all of the same cabal were blocking. They declared a war on hydroxychloroquine like Fauci had done against Bactrim in the AIDS era and what had been done by the NIH against estrogen in 2002. Yeah, so, so the reason why I brought up the White House task force and in, in, in Burks, Redfield, and Fauci is to show you that this has been going on for a long time. Yes. Right. And so Colleen Boyle is just just another person that is uh, she's so leveraged, maybe blackmailed, maybe bribed, maybe combination of all the above that she had no, they had no choice but to promote her because they know she'd always be a good lieutenant for them. Right. And so eventually she was promoted to be the, the second director. Of, so in 2008, uh, President uh, Bill Clinton created the NCB Triple D. So what's the NCB Triple D? National Childhood Birth Defects and Developmental and Disabilities Agency. It's, it's a unit within the CDC. And she became director of that eventually. And she retired, though, on, in January of 2020. Now, I don't know if that retirement was, she had foreknowledge of the COVID PSYOP and vaccine coming, the pandemic coming or not, but she retired in the middle of January 2020, and that was the end of it for her, right? And, and so she's out, and she's written some articles here and there, but She's not a big public speaker or anything else like that. Uh, she's been caught in Congress during some of these, these autism investigations, vaccines investigations in the 2005, six and seven caught where she couldn't answer the question and she would plead the fifth because she knew if she, she answered the question, she would be perjuring herself. So it, it's, it's, been, it, it's been interesting to see her career. Frank, this, this stuff, on, I still believe he's, he's probably at the CDC, but again, he's probably at an age now where he's going to retire soon because I think eventually Colleen and, Fr and Frank will, will actually are seeing what, what I'm seeing. I'm seeing the end of big pharma. When, when the people wake up and they start and they start seeing that the COVID shots are part of a much bigger plan, which is the autism thing. When they see the vaccines injure across the board, it is incredible. Now I heard I heard I got a text uh, through a friend from Dr. Karen Madey that that she came back from Israel last week, and she learned from a pediatrician I won't mention his name, but from a pediatrician that the, he believes that the COVID symptoms are now showing up in teenage boys who are getting the, the DTP shot. So they're they're not uh, they're not injected with the bioweb COVID bioweapon, and yet they're coming up with COVID symptoms after the DTP shot. We know. The mRNA platforms go into the flu shot. Now, can you imagine the DTP shot being replaced with the mRNA technology? Here we go again. Now, we start to see the plan. If this is true, 
we're starting to see the scope of the plan widening. They can't get away with this much longer. Well, I pray you are right, but it's, it still seems that everywhere we turn, they just seem to have more control and more um, ability to direct the pediatricians in moving these vaccines forward. Yeah, yes, but I think it's coming to a point where more people are waking up every day. I talk about the people who got jabbed, who got snowed by this, duped by this, deceived by this, this entire side the last few years. When they start waking up en masse, and it's going to take, it's going to take one event. I can't tell you what it is. I don't know what it is. But when the event happens, I think, I think you're going to see the masses worldwide wake up in a 24-hour period. It's going, it's, going to be, it's going to be like poison ivy spreading across your body or wildfire. It's going to spread so fast, there's no way to stop it. And once that happens, they're going to start looking for people. So I'll give you an example. Putin is, is someone in Russia strangled the inventor of the Sputnik uh, COVID vaccine in his apartment last week. So it's I a very, that. It's a very, so you, if you get murdered by strangulation in your own apartment, it's a very personal thing. Now, yes. What do you I, make of that? As well, it well to it's, all a, of this? it's a follow-up is it comes that uh, Putin now is, is going to destroy 90 is going to destroy all of the COVID shots. So what is that? I saw you? that today too. So what's that, that telling you, you? You put those two stories together. That's that's saying the, the tide has shifted. We're looking at Mexico shutting down the COVID shots. The report I got this morning, and I haven't verified it yet. We know Costa Rica is already there. We know Thailand's already there. We know that the Switzerland now AG is open investigation against the, the Prime Minister of Switzerland and the Health Minister of Switzerland. So things are changing. So is it Amer- America last kind of thing? I don't know. But eventually, the mainstream media and big tech can't block all this information. Twitter Twitter's been great the last few months without all of the censorship. They still got some censorship, but it's nowhere near as it used to be. And you're pretty much allowed to talk about vaccines and dangers and things of that nature. So the tide has shifted. Now it's just a matter of an event. I can't even, I I don't know, is it waking one day, there's no money in your bank, right? Is it it that? Is it a nuclear showdown? You know, with Russia, is that, that's possible, right? Is it the the next shamdemic or plandemic, Marburg virus, whatever they come out with? Well, so, we think that's coming because they've already been telegraphing that and <laughs> yes. they've, they've already invoked the Marburg provisions of the CARES Act. Yep. They've already spent the Marburg money on quarantine detention facilities in quite a number of American states. And the other thing, James, that we were putting together programs a year ago showing the Venn diagrams that are created medically. Mm-hmm. with the overlap of symptoms between 5G electromagnetic radiation frequencies yep. and the symptoms that causes with the symptoms of hemorrhagic fevers, COVID vaccine injury, COVID shots, and of course, the monkeypox. Well, we managed to mock them so successfully with the monkeypox that they shut up about that. Yep. But Marburg is a, is a different um, It's a d- different animal. It, it's well, yeah, let's, let's, it's, let's it's harder to mock them with that when they can roll out B-roll of people bleeding from every orifice and terrifying the public. But I think I think I do think you're right. I think the public is waking up to the fact that they've been lied to and manipulated. And I have had last week 
in my medical practice, I had patients, different patients every day telling me how many people they know in their personal circle who've either died or have been seriously injured with strokes and heart attacks following the COVID shot. One, yeah. one man said, I know seven people in my immediate circle. And so I think that that is helping people wake up, although doctors are still lying to patients and saying, oh, there's no connection with the shot. Yeah, but see, that's eventually people will eventually see two and two. And what I'm trying to say is they're going to realize there'll be too many funerals to go to, too many people they know that are passing away at ridiculously young ages, all of them dying of myocarditis, heart inflammations or whatever. It, it's, it's, it's like I said, it has to be some kind of spark, an event or something. But when it happens, there's no putting the genie back in the bottle. There's no ever going back. We're not going back to 2009. We're not going back to being gaslit anymore or, or put in the matrix anymore, right? The programming, the narratives begin to fall apart. And when that happens, it's pretty much game over. Well, do you think that's why the Biden administration and the shadow government be pulling the puppet strings are ramping up their attacks on other fronts? Look at oh, the yeah. food processing plants. Yep. Look at the train derailment, the deliberate detonation yep. of five rail cars with toxic chemicals that create. I mean, it's incontrovertible from the EPA documents that when you burn halogenated aromatic hydrocarbons, dioxin is a combustion byproduct, dioxins and furans. So the fact that they're not even testing for dioxin in these Palestine and Pennsylvania environments that were so hard hit tells me that they are pretty sure it's there. And then we, then we learn that from one of our whistleblowers, as well as others have reported on the fact that the EPA Superfund Community Involvement Agent for District 5 has been deployed to East Palestine, Ohio. So they're moving towards land confiscation. And what comes with that? I just did a legal interview with, um, for the whistleblower report, outlining the legal framework for using CERCLA and the Superfund legislation and the Toxic Substances Acts to move people forcibly off of their land to confiscate it. Yeah, well, not only that, but now, now look at, uh, oh, just magically out of nowhere, just coincidentally, that of all the cities in the United States, towns and everything, Cleveland, Ohio is going to be the first 15-minute city. So now I you, heard that too. So you throw in Clark County, which had the derailment on over the weekend, right? The new derailment with, with tank, propane tanks and things like that, or chemical tanks. You have that. That's west of uh, Columbus, Ohio. You have East Palestine, east of Columbus, Ohio. And you, and you have both of them within 100-mile proximity of Cleveland. Uh, if, if there's going to be residents in these towns and cities, that become refugees. I see them personally being pushed into the agenda 30 smart cities of Cleveland. That's just my personal belief. I've been in construction 30 years. I know how, I know, I know the logistics of things. They're not moving them out of state. They're going to literally try to move them into cities and we'll see how this all plays out. But they first have to declare, get them off the land and then see that fall out. But that fall is going to be interesting if it happens. Yeah, no, I, I think you're exactly right. And I think the agenda 2021 that that is morphed into agenda 2030 
is exactly what they're planning. And the 15-minute cities are not 15-minute cities. They are 15-minute prisons where people will not be allowed to move freely, not be allowed to purchase. Once the digital currency goes into effect, then you have programmable money that can be deprogrammed as well as it can be programmed. And you're not allowed to buy anything that the government doesn't want you to buy. Why is Cleveland stepping up to be the first 15-minute city in the United States? And then we had all of this happen in the agricultural and rural areas of Ohio. I don't know the answer to that. I'm going to have to go look into the 15-minute city. The 15-minute cities started as a C40 city thing with, with Michael Bloomberg and 40 cities around the world that were going to be part of this new, wonderfully utopian smart city program, right? Where everything would be super convenient for you, this and that. And now as we've gotten deep into COVID, we're realizing it's not utopia. It is a, a geofencing, dig, digital geofencing, total enslavement system, social credit score system, communist China on steroids. We now know what yep. it is. So I have not gone and had time to do the research Lee, but I am, go- I am actually going to go do that because why, why Cleveland of all the cities? I have to go find the origins of this. And I, if I find something good on it, the actual, because it had to start before COVID. This, is, this has been playing out for years. When, yes. what, what, what was the origin? What was the trigger for this? Why Cleveland? And why, why Cleveland? There's something about <clears throat> that that is very significant. And it's nagging at the back of my mind that there's a piece of the puzzle that we're missing. I, and, I, I, I do know that Columbus, Ohio, south of Cleveland, near the new train derailment, I know that's been a human trafficking hub for a long time. So I have no idea that that is a part of the reason why, you know, it is a major network, unfortunately. No different than parts of Texas, no different than parts of California and Florida and stuff like well, that. Well, and Arizona has been also in that horrific network as well. Yeah. I mean, these, these are pieces of the puzzle that I've been following from a different perspective for many years because I started speaking out about the government control of healthcare years ago, but also especially active on that front during the Obama era. And the more that I dug into what they were doing in controlling healthcare with the digital um, electronic medical records and tracking mm-hmm. gun ownership and tracking vaccinations and all of these other things. And then the health information technology requirement for EMRs tied into the Independent Payment Advisory Board for rationing was leading me down many rabbit holes on this larger agenda. So you and I have been working from different realms on, on a lot of this over some of the same time period and connecting the dots is critically important to help people see how all of these strange things that are happening are really very brilliantly, diabolically Machiavellian organization yes. to destroy our lives and our freedom. But also it's part of the, the overall three-pronged agenda of elimination of private property, elimination Mm -hmm. of borders, and reducing the world's population by 95%. Absolutely. It is all a part of that. And it's been being carried out and it's quite amazing to see. And they want to, uh, 
you know, the, the Satanists, I'm going to just call them what they are, because if people think it's communism, they're not quite. They think it's just the military, no, not quite. And if they think it's, if it's just the Fourth Reich from Germany, no, not quite. <clears throat> I call them Satanists because at the end of the day, the, the leaders of these different movements, these different dark, dark movements, they actually worship Satan. That's what, that's what I absolutely believe. So we're fighting this spiritual war. It is why they, they're, they're going after the children so hard in so many different ways. It's not just the vaccines. It's not just the EUA. It is the wokeism. It is a transgenderism. It, it is all of these things. And when you realize this is completely insane, well, you're, you're, you're seeing the darkness. You're seeing who they really are. And when parents begin, if the parents be able to connect all the things I just mentioned, plus the COVID bioweapon, that, that, that are both killing children, killing young teens, sterilizing them, when they, when they put this all together, they're, they're going to hit the roof, right? And then if they come together as a force, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But like the greatest fear the deep state, the global deep state has, is the waking up of the, of the masses, of the billions of people. That is the, and this is why they're, they're not fighting the Ukraine war to defeat Russia. They're fighting Russia to keep the, the dark truce about Ukraine under under the rug, right? They're trying to prevent all of the child sex trafficking, all of the money laundering operations, all of the wars that were basically not run out of Pentagon, but run out of Ukraine. They're trying to prevent all of this criminality, all of this money laundering that got uh, Western corrupt politicians rich. All this lies in Ukraine. And so Ukraine the, 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 is the global hub of the cabal. When that gets exposed, it's there's nothing left. There's nothing left to hide. And apparently, Putin's got everything he needs. He's already got all the evidence. You know, our, they're surrounding the city of Bakhmut now, and a couple of others. Eventually, he's going after Kiev because Kiev is the is the is the headquarters of the dark, dark secrets. They're going to expose all of it. And if you think of Chernobyl, why why was Chernobyl important for the deep state? Because they're able to claim all the land is is. is Toxic is all radioactive. No one come come here at all, and you're able, you're able to keep eyes of the world away. You're right, and you know it's ironic in the fact that Putin, who has been so demonized by the very cabal you're talking about, is himself, I'm told, Orthodox Christian, mm -hmm. and he has turned out to be a strong a strong leader shining light yes. into this dark evil he i i mean it's it's really tragic the way that he has been demonized and look i certainly had concerns about putin for many years and he comes out of the kgb so he oh. knows the dark side yep but but i do i do have a sense that he has found his faith and he is standing against the evil in ways that President Trump also tried to do. And that stolen election has had massive consequences for all of us because we are on the verge of being cast into the abyss of evil unless people wake up. So thank you for helping to wake people up. Thank you for all of your many, many years of 
investigative journalism, standing for truth. And I look forward to collaborating with you much more closely in the work that we're doing that so complement each other in trying to bring truth to the public and defend God's word as the founding principles of this country. Thank you, James. Thank you, Dr. Lee. Pleasure to be on your, your radio show today. Thank you very much. And for all our listeners, check out James' website and his books, his books on Amazon under the name James Grundvig, G-R-U-N-D-V-I-G, and his website is jamesgrundvig.com, as well as americanmediaperiscope.com. And check out our website, truthforhealth.org. We have so many resources to help you, citizen action tools for vaccine injury, our Faith Over Fear seminars every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, virtual community of faithful truth seekers. And we also have the criminal complaint forms. We have legal defense efforts underway and many fact sheets and resources, including one called Steps to Take Before Hospitalization to Keep You Out of the Hospital and Save Your Life. Truthforhealth.org. Sign up for our email alerts. Join our crusade. We were the voiceless. We are silent no more because silence in the face of evil is itself evil as Dietrich Bonhoeffer said in the Nazi era, God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. So America, act in faith and courage, and let's take our freedom and our country back from the forces of darkness. We the people shall prevail with God's truth abiding still. We'll be back again tomorrow with another Whistleblower Report.